Welcome back, everyone, to The Finance Show with Joe. As always, I am your host, Joseph Dalwood. I am a mortgage broker, I am an economist, and I am the owner and director of It's Simple Finance. The Finance Show with Joe is basically used to help everyday Australians find advantages in the market so that they can get a leg up on life. Today, I have no one better to help us with this than my good friend, Rich. Rich Harvey comes from The Property Buyer. They are market leaders in the buyer's agent space. He has been seen on Channel 9, Domain, the Australian Financial Review, and on realestate.com.au. My good friend, Rich Harvey. Rich, thanks for coming on. Great to be with you, Joe. Rich, a lot of exciting things in the market, but first and foremost, we do need to let our listeners know, what is it that the property buyers do? Well, Property Buyer is an exclusive buyer's agency, Joe. We um, we represent the buyer in the transaction. We look after home buyers, property investors, commercial buyers, and developers. We work purely on the buy side. So typically, you've got a selling agent. Who do they represent? They represent the vendor. But for us as Property Buyer, we represent the purchaser. They used to be the forgotten party in the transaction, right? But now we represent the 100%. We give them independent advice. And how did you find your spot in the market? It's a very, well, it used to be a niche thing. Now you must have a lot more people entering the market. Yeah, it's become a lot more mainstream. I started 22 years ago, can you believe it? So I was one of the first original buyer's agents in Sydney. There's probably only three or four of us at the time, back in 2001 when I started. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, look, I, I really got into it. I um, Like you, I did economics at uni. Uh, I wasn't quite sure you know, what I was going to do with my life and you know, trained to become an environmental economist. Thought I'd save the world, right? You know? (laughs) And uh, anyway, I I was catching the train to work every day and I'd read books every day. I just thought, you know, how do I save a nest egg for me and my family? And so I started studying property. I went to all these seminars and read books, as I say, one a week. And then I started to invest in property on the side when I had my government safe economics job. And I started to make more money out of that than my day job. And so I thought, wow, here's an opportunity. No one's representing the purchaser. Because I would go to all these financial planners and I'd ask them, Joe, look, how should I invest in property? Oh, you've got to be careful with property. You don't want to be overweight in property. And it was like, come on, no one could give me accurate or independent property advice. And I thought, wow, here's a niche. So I started buying investment properties myself and reduced my tax. And I remember the lady at the HR department, she looked at my you know, group certificate at the time and she said, Rich, how do you pay almost zero tax? And I said, oh, it's the old 221D, tax withholding variation forms, blah, blah, blah. She goes, wow, that's amazing. You'll have to teach me. I thought, bingo, there's a, there's a business opportunity. Yeah. So I started to teach people on the side then realized, wow, this is a big opportunity. And then I made the jump from my really safe, secure economics job into buying agency. It's extremely risky always starting a new business. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on that you just mentioned was you're helping the individual. And this is something that we've seen in the last two years since we've been operational. A lot of people don't know where to go for information. And this is something that you're providing. So is it on your website or is it just through seminars? Could you give us a little bit of insight with that as well? Yeah, look, I've got a whole heap of free resources on our website. We've got pages and documents of free downloads. I do a market update once a month. I just released it yesterday. Like you, I do a podcast uh, every two weeks. I interviewed Louis Christopher, who's the head of SQM Research yesterday. Um, so I do probably 10 blogs a month. There's a stack of free information there. But I think, you know, people have got to get comfortable. They've got to get to know, like, and trust you before they use you in business. And so really that's our platform. It's not sort of much a marketing spin. It's literally, I love to help educate people because when they're educated, they're much easier to deal with. They're I, more informed. I find when we educate our clients, they trust us so much more. Absolutely. And, and we're not doing anything that's out of the ordinary. We're actually teaching people. And I think that's one of the 
most valuable things that we can bring to the market. Yeah, well, you probably know the economist joke. How do they read the menu from right to left? You know, but the economist, right, <laughs> has to actually interpret what's happening on the ground. But I guess my big advantage is I can interpret what's happening at the macro and at the micro level. Yeah. And I can deliver that to our clients in spades. I mean, I get invited in uh, once or twice a year to some of the big boardrooms of the banks. So UBS particularly, they invite me in once a year, put on a splashy lunch and they say, Rich, what's happening out there? Tell us yeah. on the ground what's happening. And it's great. I can decipher, you know, you get all these Shane Olivers and whatever talking about, oh, the, the market might tank down and all this sort of stuff, but I can deliver what's actually happening on the ground in property. Well, that leads perfectly into my first question for you. And what are the recent trends that you've noticed in the property market? Well, obviously we've had a major correction in the property market. COVID, we saw property prices ballooned. You know, on the Northern Beaches, they went up 40%, right? Um, you know, probably Sydney-wide, Melbourne-wide, they went up 20 25%. Um, they've retracted um, anywhere from, say, 10 to 15%, not the 25% that all the bank economists got wrong, and mm-hmm. now they're scrambling to revise their forecasts. So we're seeing that the market has bottomed. Um, literally, the, modern pro- the property market bottomed in around February, mm-hmm. March this year. So people always say, when should I buy? You know, bottom of the market? Well, it's in your rear view mirror now. Yeah. You know? So what we're seeing in the market is is a lot of people returning to work and having to get back into the city. So there was a big outflow of people to the regions and the tree change, the sea change thing. Um, that's now retracting back. It's called mean reversion, right? Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see vacancies rise um, in the regional areas. It's not that people won't move there because, yes, they're still very affordable, but, you know, some of the bigger organisations are calling people back to work four to five days a week in the office now. So that's going to have a whole new dynamic on the industry. I think the other thing is affordable property. It's always going to be talked about. Yeah. And that is in very high demand. You yeah. know, all these stamp duty incentives, particularly for first home buyers, it distorts the market. But that lower end of the market, because interest rates are so high, that's definitely having an impact on the market as well. The first home guarantee... We was just announced to allow permanent residents, siblings to be able to purchase with each other and even cohabiting friends. So if you and I live together, we could go buy a property together with a 5% deposit. Amazing. How do you think this is going to impact the market? Well, again, it's going to provide a fantastic incentive for first home buyers to get into the market. You know, you've got to get onto the property ladder at some point. Now, whether you do it with a friend, with your partner, whatever, it doesn't matter. You, as long as you get a foot into the property ladder. I think a lot of people fear pulling the trigger about getting into the property market, but you've got to structure it right and get in there at some point. So I think it's going to um, accelerate that lower end of the market uh, quite a bit. We always hear time in the market, not timing the market. Am I correct in saying that? Correct. That's right. Yeah. The RBA just came out with a big announcement. They've increased the interest rates again by 0.25%. This was extremely unexpected. Uh, I didn't predict this. I'm not too sure if you did. We were expecting one more increase, but we were expecting at the end of the financial year. How do you think this is going to impact us? Yeah, I actually did predict it. Um, I'm one of the um, 40 economists on the survey finder that I do every month, and I actually write my comments. I said inflation hasn't reduced enough. It was 6.9, and the services level of inflation has still been pretty high. Goods level of inflation has come down a bit, but not fast enough. So I think, look, the Reserve Bank is going hard on inflation. And the reason they're going hard is it creates massive problems for the economy down the track. So it's short-term gain for long-term pain for the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, short-term pain for long-term gain for the economy is what they're trying to do. Yeah. So I did predict it, um, like the CBA did. Um, I think that's it. I don't think they'll raise another one unless the dial doesn't move on inflation mm-hmm. downwards. Um, it's going to create, you know, definitely pull on the purse strings of people. But yeah. you've got to look at our interest rate, 3.85 compared to in America or New Zealand, yeah. right? They've ratcheted their one up quite significantly. Mm-hmm. 
I think if we get interest, the interest rate, cash rate into the fours, like early to mid fours, that's going to be seeing a lot more distressed sales. Yeah. So a key point I make on that is if you look at the research, the volume of distressed sales uh, pre-COVID was around 13,000 per annum. At the moment, the level of distressed sales is sitting at around 6,000 per annum. So we're at half the level of distressed sales. Yeah. So if this interest rate, you know, fiscal cliff, as they talk about, um, happens, you know, you're going to see a rapid rise. I don't think there's going to be a fiscal cliff. I yeah. think there'll be fiscal pain, but I don't think there'll be a massive widespread impact on the sellers because sellers don't want to sell unless they have to. Yeah. Right? If, if you're going to be a long-term investor, hold on to your property, revalue it. You know, it's the golden goose that lays the golden egg of equity every year. Yeah. You're better off to refinance it and leverage it into other things, you know. Obviously, there's going to be some opportunity in the market for certain buyers, especially the ones that are cash ready. Have you got any examples of some buyers that you've assisted that have purchased in the market and purchased at a bargain? Yes, we do. I wouldn't say we're purchased at a bargain, but we're purchased below intrinsic value. I think the problem, if you've got people out there on your audience listening and say, I'm only going to buy if I buy a bargain. Well, the reason it's probably a bargain is it's next to a petrol station on a really busy road and it's not going to go up in value. So I would say to people, avoid the bargains, buy quality property. So that'd be, I think the question needs to be, what is the best kind of property for me to buy? Because some people have this mindset, I've got to get a bargain because that's going to set me up for life. No, it isn't. And I'll give you an example uh, of something I bought, and I'll get back to your other question in a minute. But back about 10, 11 years ago, I was helping a client buy a property in Leichhardt. And obviously my allegiance is with the buyer. And I took this client around, showed them all these properties, took me this fantastic property in Leichhardt, just behind the forum there. It was a four bedroom townhouse, double parking, three levels, great property. And it just ticked all the right boxes off market. My buyer said, look, it's not right. I don't want to buy it. And I said, well, look, do you have any problems if I buy it? I said, don't go for your life. And I said, I just have to declare, I don't want any conflict of interest. And I said, go for it. So it was on the market at 650. And me being a good buyer. In Leichhardt. In Leichhardt. Wow. Back in 2011 or something. I said, look. Still. And I thought, look, you know, I'm a good buyer. I should be able to negotiate the price. I couldn't negotiate anything off. Because it was off market, I knew if it went on market, it'd go for higher. So I agreed to pay full asking price. Wow. Now, that was a really good move. And I'll tell you why. Because um, I ended up selling that property because I needed the money to rebuild our own home about, how many years later? About seven years later. And I sold it for about $1.2 million. Wow. <laughs> so the point is, it's not about the price you pay. It's about buying it at the, the right value. Yeah. So back to your first question, are there opportunities? Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my team just bought a property uh, down near Cronulla in the Shire last weekend, at, uh, just pre-auction, I should say. Got it for 1.4. Now, it should have sold for 1.5. They were asking over 1.5. We got it for 1.4. Uh, it was a divorce case, and the couple just wanted to sell out. We got a bit of background information. We stuck to our offer. We um, had the client pre-approved with finance, and was, we were able to move quickly. Wow. So that's what we do with our clients. We make sure, and this is a critical thing which relates to your business, yep. and it's very important to have your deposit available in clear funds, have your finance pre-approved, and remove any of those conditional contracts. If you're buying subject to finance, it really does put a barrier up in the vendor's mind as to should I accept offer A or offer B? Mm -hmm. You know, who would you accept an offer from? Someone who's got the cash ready to go versus someone who's a bit a bit iffy about whether they can qualify. Wow, that's amazing. So most of your contracts, do they include a 66W? If we can, yeah. It depends on the clients, as long as we've done our due diligence. Mm -hmm. So I personally just transacted on a property a week and a half ago in Balgala. And this is for a high-value client, home, home buyer. They had a high-value budget around $7 million. Uh, I had offered an acceptance at the beginning of the year. Um, as it turned out, that vendor reneged and didn't sell their property. They said, no, nah, we're going to finish the build and, and go to market. So mm -hmm. my clients were so disappointed on that. 
Anyway, I found another off-market a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I took the clients to see it on a Tuesday evening. It ticked all their boxes. They walked out. They were stony-faced when they walked through the property and thought, oh, you know, we don't want to give anything away. And then the husband walked out and said, yeah, Rich, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we, we walk out and I said, look, I'll make an offer tonight. Mm-hmm. Now I've got the Peston building guy there the next day, yeah. Wednesday afternoon. He was able to give a verbal report straight away mm-hmm. and then a, a written report that night. We paid the deposit on the Wednesday night and we had it exchanged on Thursday afternoon. That's amazing. So within 48 hours of seeing this property at $5.5 million, yeah. you, and even though it was off market, this particular agent's pretty crafty. Mm. She had managed to get three or four other off market buyers on her database through the property yeah. that were all bidding for it as well. Yeah. So had it gone on market, it would have gone for higher than that. I appraised it up to 565. So I effectively saved them 150 grand, you know, which is way more than our fee. So, so they were just over the moon. One funny thing I find about off-market is the way that some selling agents use this term now. So I was in Kiama over the weekend for my wife's birthday and we're walking past the real estate agency and literally in the window, they've got off-market potential <laughs> selling. And I'm just sitting there for a moment and I'm going, well, it's not really off-market now. And although it's advertised, it's not off-market <laughs> That's a misnomer. That's false and misleading advertising. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. That's what I said. Totally. Okay. So with these off-market opportunities, are we restricted to just land houses or are we also looking at the vertical type of uh, properties? Are we looking at apartments as well? Everything. Okay. So off-market can be, like, let me sort of describe the definition of what true off-market is. Mm -hmm. A true off-market property is one that's not advertised on any property portals Mm -hmm. and general public don't know about it. Yeah. Now, there's also a pre-market opportunity, which an agent will send to their database of buyers that they've collected through the open houses. That's a pre-market or slash off-market for mm-hmm. a period of time. The true off-market will never be advertised. Okay. And the vendors, the reason they do it is sometimes they might be a celebrity, politician. They just don't want pro- they don't want people prodding around and knowing that they're selling the home. Yeah. So who does that vendor reach out to? Mm-hmm. Typically through the agents, they reach out to us as buying agents because mm-hmm. they know we have a ready, ready stock of pre-qualified buyers and we're not going to muck around. So just like I bought that one last week, the agent knew me, she knew my reputation, you know, she said, Rich, what have you got? I've got a buyer, perfect, let's get the deal done. You know? so, so even though a buyer's agent will charge a fee, because you have so much access to these off-market properties, there's a good chance the buyer will end up saving money. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Oh yeah, because a lot of these properties, if they went on market at an auction in a competitive situation, it could go a lot higher, it could go 5 10% higher. Yeah. You know, and our fees typically between one and a half to two percent. Yeah. So I mean even the market's moving one and a half percent at the moment. So there's a massive saving there. It's you know. I was at an auction recently and I saw a property go three hundred thousand dollars over reserve. If that was negotiated off market, I was probably saving myself what, two hundred and fifty grand? Exactly right. I mean there was an auction Epping the other day that had thirty nine registered bidders. Wow. I did an auction for a client in Lane Cove about four weeks ago. There were nineteen registered bidders, you know. I won it, but it was very competitive. We got it just, you know, 30 grand below our limit, yeah. but I was at, I was right at the top of my limit. You're doing my poker face, you know, heavy bids, looking really confident, but I was underneath. I was really like, gosh, I hope this guy just stops bidding. Yeah. And then he did. So we're still seeing a lot of action at these auctions. Absolutely. And the reason being, Joe, is there's just a lack of stock. Yeah. You know, one of the other fundamental changes that's happening in the market, stock levels in Sydney are big down between 25 to 30% their long-term average. Mm-hmm. I think the reason for that is vendors are just holding back. Vendors don't want to sell in a down market. They're waiting for the market to start to, to improve, which it is now. So I think you'll start to see the volume of listings improve, and that will help to equalize the market. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really competitive market out there at the moment. Are we seeing enough stock levels for new build opportunities? Absolutely not. No way. So mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers, 
look, a couple of things I'll mention about where the market's going. It, it's If you haven't seen anything yet in terms of rental crisis, you're seeing some headlines, but I can tell you now, and we can come back to me and ask me and see if I'm true with my predictive yeah. words here. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it out there. Rents will go 15% higher in the next 12 months in Sydney. Wow. They'll probably go 10, 12% higher in Melbourne, simply because we are not building enough stock. If we have the migration volumes that are coming through now, 195,000 is the cap for uh, the skilled migration program. Add to that your student visas and then all your temporary visas and sponsored visas. Mm -hmm. So there's around about 350,000 people that will come onto Australian shores this year. And then again, the following year. Mm -hmm. Now, our building approvals are sitting at around 160,000 per annum for dwellings, right? Now, that's not enough to house the number of people coming in full stop. No, it is. Of those 160,000 dwellings that have been approved, about 30% of them won't get built just because it doesn't stack up because construction costs are high. Mm -hmm. So take 30% off that, you're down to about 135,000 dwellings, you've got 350,000 people coming in. How is the market going to equalize here? Mm -hmm. Well, two things will happen. Rents will go up and prices will go up for housing. Mm -hmm. So, and unfortunately, a really bad side effect is homelessness will also balloon out. Wow. I mean, I do the CEO sleep out to help raise money for Vinnie's and, and, you know, the Salvos do a great job. But unfortunately, there's a big social impact happening mm -hmm. here in housing because it's just becoming more and more unaffordable. So there'll be the haves and the haves nots. There'll mm -hmm. be the landowners, the landlords and the renters. And unfortunately, that gap will widen. So I think the message here for your audience is you're better off to be in the market than out of the market. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you can to save your deposit for a property mm -hmm. because property is a wonderful hedge against inflation. Yeah. You know, um, another interesting fact, I don't know if you know, but in the 70s, property prices in Sydney, do you know how much they went up? 500%. I wouldn't they went up four times the median price. Okay. So the median price, you know, quad so I was close. quadrupled. Almost <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. So quadrupled. And, and that was because it was an era of high inflation. You had the oil price shocks. Um, yeah, it's a major economic upheavals as well. I don't think we're going to have a high, a massively high inflationary environment. That's why the Reserve Bank is lifting rates, mm -hmm. right? Because inflation erodes your borrowing power, your buying capacity. It really is a terrible thing to have in, in, in the economy. But it doesn't make sense to me that we're consistently raising the rates, but we want to bring more people in. And at the same time, the cost of construction is all the way up. How do we expect to house people if all these things are happening all at once? It, it It's make it make sense to me. It's They want us to build for $0 profit? I don't understand. Well, we need another podcast to work out the solutions, but the, yeah. the, solution, the immediate solution is you could turn down the tap on migration. Yeah. The next immediate solution is to fast track approvals. Build to rent is a sector that's definitely coming in. They've um, we reduced the tax rate on that from 30% down to 15%. So wow. now you'll get institutional investors coming into that sector, um, but they'll probably build around 50 to 60,000 apartments. Mm -hmm. But the delivery time isn't tomorrow. It isn't next year. It's three years away. Yep. Right. So what's happening in the interim? You know, more and more people coming in, the, the structural deficit in the number of properties, the undersupply of property is going to continue to balloon out. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that needs to happen is the planning legislation, the planning laws, laws need to change. Mm -hmm. You need to get higher densities and medium densities, particularly in the burbs, in the suburbs. The missing middle, as they call it in New South Wales, yeah. needs to happen. The issue with that sort of build is you're going to have the neighbours making complaints about all of it. Well, it shouldn't be. See, that's the thing with manor housing, as they called it, the missing middle. It was a complying development scheme where, you, depending on the, the frontage and the size of the block, you could build four manor houses or townhouses on that site. Yep. Neighbours, talk all you want, but as long as there's a metre setback, six metre from the front, three from the side, et cetera, and the height limit's only 8.2, you're fine. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, a lot of the councils pushed back on that. They didn't like it, and so it got canned. 
but that's a great policy. You've got to have like people are aging in place for far too long. They want to move out yeah. and they can put some of their money into their super fund and all that. Well, we've got to free up the housing market. Yeah. That's, you know, we've got to do it. So the policies like, don't know a Green's policy of capping rents. What an idiotic policy that would be. That'll make the rental crisis worse. I'm astounded at a lot of these policies that are coming out. The number one that I saw recently was the Albanese government. I think they announced it last year. They want to do a net migration of about 4 million people by 2026. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if that many people have come in. That was the, the goal. 4 million people. That was the announcement. That was the, the press release. And you just look at that and then you see how many development approvals there are and you just go where's everyone going to go i understand they want people to go regional i understand they want a little bit of an urban sprawl but we don't have the infrastructure set up for that not at all we don't have the train stations mm. we don't have the motorway set up that's it you know only just recently have we gotten the m8 that leads you from you know Parramatta to alexandria mm. finally we've gotten a tunnel that'll get you there quite easily but mm. it's proving to be quite difficult. So one of the things you've got to get for your investor uh, listeners on, on board is is property investment. If you want to dumb it down, it's as easy as pie. P-I-E, <laughs> right? So you look for population growth in particular suburbs. You've got to look for massive infrastructure development, not just announced, but actually going ahead. Yep. And thirdly, diverse employment is the E. So when you've got those three things in the, in the cake mix, um, that's a golden recipe for buying a good investment property for the long term. Wow. Because infrastructure creates Productivity, it creates ease of access, it creates, you know, it creates employment hubs, all of those key things. So they are three key things to look for. Wow. Where do you think the market is going to be heading, headed for the next two years? Uh, well, I guess it, it's a great time to be a property investor and a homeowner mm-hmm. um, because the market's going to head up okay. simply because of constriction of supply. It's economics 101 all yeah. over. So I think the market, I mean, you look at um, Louis Christopher's numbers, he reckons Sydney will do 5 to 9% in the next 12 months, Melbourne, one to 5%, Brisbane will go up one to 5%, mm-hmm. Perth will do four to 8%, Adelaide about 5%, Canberra, probably just break even, maybe a 1% yeah. increase. So all of that points to increases. Yeah. The following year, in the say fiscal year 24, 25, um, you'll start to see rate cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cash rate's now at 3.85. All the major economists are predicting a 2.6 to 2.85, so probably a 1% cut. What does that do? That just stimulates or improves borrowing capacity. It stimulates the market. So again, you're going to see property prices rise probably average of 7% to 8% and get back on their normal path, which they have done for the last 100 years, somewhere between 7 to 8% per annum. Wow. So if the property prices are increasing, it's going to lead to my next question. Does that mean we're going to avoid a recession? Well, I think Australia is incredibly fortunate. We are the lucky country. Um there's a lot of things in our favour. I don't think we're going to have a recession. We could. It's definitely a possibility. Because the recession isn't it's, banks blowing up. It's, no. no, we've got two negative performing quarters. Yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, the, the growth rates at the moment, our, our commodities are in very high demand. Fortunately, yeah. the government is has is, got an amazing windfall because iron ore prices are now $115 a tonne when they're expecting to be 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also exporting coal. We're not going to be turning into a green energy country anytime you know, around the world because there's still need for that. So our commodity prices helps to boost. We are so also a very clever and adaptable country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very focused in the service sector. So I don't think we're going to have a recession. One thing we do need to focus on is productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, If everyone just puts their hand out and says, I want a wage rise, well, for what? What extra are you going to bring to the table? Yeah. You know, I do that with all my team. You've got to basically bring more to the table mm-hmm. if you expect more. So I think that's the answer to avoid a recession. Because we're seeing 
just on the productivity note, we're, we're seeing a lot of offshore opportunities. Australians are taking advantage of the cheaper wages that are in the Philippines. And this isn't something that's new. For example, a lot of loan offices and a lot of banks do their processing over in Manila. It's just, and they're employed by, you know, CBA, St. George, Macquarie. It's not, you know, random organizations that are going offshore. So we are seeing that issue with productivity. And I think that stemmed a little bit from COVID. Everyone was getting, you know, the $750 checks or the $550 checks, just depending. And I think that also added to inflation as well, didn't it? Yeah, we've also got a big debt to service. I mean, because the stimulus, you know, that whatever the $200 billion that was injected into the economy, which has ratcheted up the government debt, you know, like wherever it was, like, oh, I can't remember now how many, six, seven years ago, we had a surplus of $20 billion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's been a few other events that have happened. Now we've got, a, I forget the number, but it's a massive deficit. Mm-hmm. And the interest on that alone is quite scary, but we do have the ability to service it. You know, we are, you know, our banks are AAA rated, our, our state's uh, economies are AAA rated. So it's very little chance of us having a recession and we're attractive in a proposition for overseas investments. And that's why so many migrants want to come and live here because we have such a fantastic country. So just for our listeners to understand, what is a 66W? So in New South Wales, a 66W certificate is provided by your solicitor when you want to waive the cooling off period. So typically you have a five-day period when you sign a contract where you pay 0.25% of the purchase price as a holding deposit which then enables you to get your pest and building done and possibly a valuation done on the property. And at the end of those five days, your contract goes unconditional. You pay the balance of deposit. 66W means you waive the right to have a cool-off period and you go straight to an unconditional contract. There's no backing out. So that means you found the property, you're in love with it, you're not going back. That's right. Both parties locked into the contract, done deal. Rich, you're an absolute beacon of knowledge. Where can our listeners find you? Thanks, Joe. Been a pleasure. Um, anyone can find me on our website, which is just propertybuyer.com.au. Um, they can register their details there, get access to all my podcasts, uh, my newsletters, monthly updates, blogs, and heaps of free downloads. We've also got a lot of great data on there as well, a lot of suburb profiles. So propertybuyer.com.au. We want to thank you all for listening. And if you need any assistance with your home loan or anything finance related, please visit us at www.itsimple.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at It's Simple Finance. My name is Joseph Dowood, and thank you for listening to The Finance Show with Joe.